Hi everyone and welcome to Upstream, a podcast hosted by elearning.lk where you'll get to listen to the extraordinary stories of ordinary people and get inspiration from them. So, as a first guest on our show, we have Ishan Jalil and Ishan Jalil is a very special person. Ishan Jalil is a director of Ashinsa which is an organization which works with youth and children with disabilities and he is a graduate from the University of Colombo, Faculty of Arts where he applies in international relations. He was also an alumnus of the US Department of State and former senator of the Sri Lanka Youth Parliament. And uh, for the benefit of listeners, also I'd like to tell you that Ishan is my fiancé, my husband-to-be. So, Ishan, welcome to the show. Hi, Shavini. Thank you. Hi. So, Ishan, for the benefit of listeners, so you wear a lot of hats, you know, a lot of people call, have different notions of you in their minds. But how would you define yourself? Hmm, you put me into a very complicated situation, I must say. I think I am already in the hot seat, which feels very challenging but also uh, I am ready to face the challenge. Yes, as you said, lots of people put a lot of labels on me. People have a lot of branding in terms of what I do and who I am. But when it comes to who I am, I would say that I am a regular guy trying to do something different. I am just an ordinary guy, just like all of you. There is something very small which makes me unique because I am blind since birth. So that's my uniqueness. That actually defines me in a lot of ways. But uh, overall, I define myself as someone who's just cool, calm and collected. But sometimes, someone who can also be very assertive. Thank you, Sean, for that introduction. So, talking about, you mentioned, of course, now our listeners know that you're born blind. So, how did the society around you, the people around you, your family, how did they react when you were born? And how did you face, how did society look at you? During your childhood, can you tell us more? Yes, Shavini. So, I have spoken so much in so many forums about this particular aspect of my life. When I was born, until around three days, my parents did not realize that I am blind. But when they did, that was a disaster in terms of you know what they were expecting. They did not expect a blind child. So, they took me to almost all places possible from doctors to Ayurvedic practitioners to healers all these different different uh, places they took me to try to cure me but they realized that it is not curable they were told by all the sources that they tried to reach out to they were told that I cannot be cured so they, they made up my mind they, so sorry they made up their mind and they moved on because at that point lots of people told my parents to put me into a religious institution or to put me into some boarding school whatever if they did listen to all of that i don't think i would be here so um, yeah that's that was my situation when i was born so you said that if they had taken to your religious school somewhere else you wouldn't be here yes. where you are but then tell us about the part that you did take so how did, how did you start your education? How did all this happen? Yeah, so the first school I went to was President's College Maharagama and uh, that was a normal school that was not catered for persons with disabilities or children with disabilities. So I was almost isolated, I was almost left alone, I was just you know the laziest kid in class. I always kept my head on the desk just to avoid whatever is being taught. That was my start, right? But then uh, I got a lucky break. 
my mom was told that uh, there's a place in Ratmalana called the School for the Blind. So then I was fortunate enough to be admitted to School, of, school for the Blind Ratmalana. I did my education, obtained my education from grade one to O level and um, I passed O levels with quite good results. Uh, especially I was the only non-Buddhist student in the entire class and I was actually one of the two who took a, a C for Buddhism. All others, so yeah, like you know, that, that was quite remarkable. Kali, you're Muslim, you're Malay? Yes, I'm so Malay. Definitely. Yeah, that was my education up until, up until O levels. And then for A levels, I went to St. Thomas's College, Mount Lavinia, where I did Greek and Roman civilization, English literature, and economics for my A levels. And then, as you said in your introduction, I went to Columbia University. Also, I did international relations as my major. And I was actually the first blind person in Sri Lanka to do an international relations degree in the English media. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm and sure. uh, yeah, of course, because you know, I just felt like training something very remarkable at this point. Of course. Yeah. When I was doing my A-levels at uh, St. Thomas's College, as, as, you, as I told earlier, I did economics. Lots of people told me not to do economics. Economics is just boring. There are so many diagrams, charts, graphs, all of that, tables. So Ishan, it's going to be challenging for you. You don't do economics, you do music. Mm. That was the message, which is a typical stereotype about blind people in Sri Lanka. Blind people are stereotyped to be good musicians, good singers, that's all. And you are a good singer. <laughs> yes, that's a different story. But then uh, I did what I did. Thanks to my economic stage, Mrs. Janita Peris, to whom I'm utterly grateful up to the, unto this date. And uh, also, there was another incident when I was at St. Thomas's, which was back in March 2007, when I went, went to watch the Royal Thomian Big Match. I was approached by a stranger, complete stranger. He was like, hi, Ishan, I'm Ajit Gunavardhana, and the prefect of games for St. Thomas's College. I was just thinking, would you like to do rowing? I did not know what the word rowing meant. But I just said yes, because I don't know why, I never wanted to say no to that offer. And then um, I did rowing. I was admitted to the college rowing crew and I participated for the Royal Thomian Mini Regatta, which is basically the showcasing of talents of new Oseman. And um, later on, I got to know that I am the first born blind person in the world to do rowing at that time. Wow, Vishan. So I'm sure that our listeners would have been amazed by your mission, that achievement. So, Ishan, so throughout your educational career, you have willingly broken stereotypes. You have consciously gone against the grain. So how did you continue to do that in your career, in your working life? In my working life, um, of course, uh, I before I started working, I used to do internships and I, do, I, I used to get involved in lots of volunteer, voluntary organizations. Okay. Uh, I was an intern at MAS Holdings back in 2008 and also I was an intern at the UN back in 2013, that is the UN Volunteers Program. And I was also an active member of the Volunteers Task Force, that is the V-Force right. since 2012. Those were my, my volunteering experiences and also um, back in 2014 when the country was in disarray, when everything was volatile when no one knew what was going on. I wanted to make a difference and I started Action Against Apathy, which was an organization promoting 
human rights, democracy, good governance, rule of law and social justice. Those were my volunteering experiences. And as for my career experiences, the first job that I did was I was the national inclusion consultant for a US-based NGO called IFES, that is International Foundation for Electoral Systems. Not only me, but many others in Team IFES were able to make active and meaningful changes in Sri Lanka's electoral process with the collaboration of the Sri Lanka Elections Commission. And um, also, I worked for an organization called Sri Lanka Unites. I'm sure most of you young people listening know Sri Lanka Unites. They're a very prominent youth organization working for reconciliation. Hats off to all of them who are still doing amazing work. It's not easy these days to work on reconciliation. So I was their director for clubs and interest groups. Uh, I was assigned to start new clubs as well as uh, get new interest groups involved in reconciliation activities. And right now, as you initially mentioned Shavini in your introduction, I'm the director for Ashins, an organization working for children and youth with disabilities in Sri Lanka. My take on my career path, what I want to tell all of you, what I want to highlight is if you see in all my career opportunities, not only job opportunities but also internships and volunteers, I was never sidelined. I was always in the mainstream. Just because of my disability, I was not sidelined. I was not stereotyped, you know, to be someone who can only do certain things. So, my message to all of you, whether you are disabled or non-disabled, don't get into that rabbit hole where people are allowed to make assumptions about you. It's you who should draw the line. It's you who should set your own rules. That's why I, that's what I did in terms of my career path. That was awesome. That was a bit of uh, exposition from your life. Your listeners might want to know when listen to you, because you all these lofty rules, politics, activism, and volunteering, and all these things. What drives you? What motivates you? And what gives you that extra push? Once I listened to a lecture, by Steve Jobs at Stanford University, I told two things, be hungry, stay foolish. Okay, what does that mean? So, be hungry is all about being hungry for change, mm -hmm. being hungry to do more, having that hunger, right? And staying foolish, being foolish is all about, because a wise man would just stop where he is. Right. A fool would be curious, would be searching, would be trying to connect the dots. Okay. So, you know, that, that, was, that was one motto which really inspired me to be hungry and to be foolish, but not in that sense. <laughs> but course. you know, yeah. Those are definitely like, you know, I'm always someone who's very curious. I'm a curious kid. Mm. And I'm always someone who's, I always love to explore new opportunities as actually you know very of well. Course. Yeah. So I would say, that it is always important to dream big. I'm not talking about the dreams that you dream while you are asleep in the night, but the dreams that you dream while you are wide awake, while your eyes are open. So I am wide awake, my eyes are closed, but I'm dreaming big. That's what I do. So that is my, that is one factor which I think makes me somewhat successful. I so, think your listeners might not say that you are somewhat successful, maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So people, you are a very successful person. The people look up to you. 
So again, who do you think among your peers or your colleagues or whoever that you see out in the world, you mentioned Steve Jobs, but who else inspires you, who gives you that motivation? Firstly, I must say the person who, who has always been giving me that motivation, that extra push, that early morning one hour time slot to just argue okay. is my dad. So he's certainly my hero and also definitely my mom who has been extremely supportive, extremely loving and caring and also very understanding because you know it's not easy when your son comes with different girls seven days a week <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah so you know my mom had to cope with that and uh, she did because she's a very understanding Perhaps mom. we should clarify that the girls were they were just for guiding you Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So you say, <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, yeah. So that was all, and also my sister, who's not just like a sister, but also a friend. Of course. And she, she's elder to me, but she, she was never tomboyish or anything. She was very friendly. She was very kind to me, and she understood where I'm coming from and what are my aspirations. Sometimes even you know, more than my parents. Sometimes my sister used to tell them, you know do this like don't do this do this yes. like that you know she would you know guide me sometimes more than my parents sometimes right so they are definitely my pillars of strength and my pillars of inspiration like you know my my sources of inspiration mm. because they themselves have very hard situations that they have faced mm. right uh, but then apart from that of course as i told earlier my rowing coach former rowing coach, Ms. Ajit Gunwadhana yes. and also Mrs. Janita Peris who was my economics teacher. Mm. They were my mentors if I may say so. All the amazing friends that I used to have and I still have. Right. All of them have been helpful to me in different ways mm. from keeping me happy to keeping me focused. Oh. Right? And also I must say that uh, I look up to you as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, because um, if not for you, I actually wouldn't know about this podcast idea and also many other things. You're definitely one person that I look up to. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And also, um, if you ask me who inspires me, like, say, globally. Of course. Yeah. And also locally. Globally, someone who really inspires me is Martin Luther King who fought for the civil rights of Americans and they were sidelined, they were violated, they were isolated only because they happened to be black. King fought for them. He's a true inspiration for me. And also, I'm inspired by a German theologian okay. by the name of Martin Nehmler. Martin Nehmler was a theologian who lived during Hitler's time and he was very complacent with Hitler. He did not do anything. But it came to a point where he himself was attacked by the Nazis. Okay. Because he said certain things which displeased Hitler. So eventually he was pushed to a point where he wrote a poem uh, which was titled And Then They Came For Me. Oh wow, yeah. That's been doing the rounds on Facebook. Yes, yeah. right? So the poem is all about, you know, I was, I was not a trade unionist. But no, sorry. How they uh, came for yeah, different uh, segments of people, they and they then came for different segments of people. Right? No one left. No one left, and then they finally came for me. There was no one to speak for me. Yes. 
because I did not speak for those other people. So he really inspired me, that poem. Someone who really inspires me up to this date is Malala Yusuf Zai, the girl from Pakistan. Pakistan who was almost shot dead. She was shot in the head and she miraculously survived. And up to like right now, she's an activist, global, she's, she's an activist for education of girl children all over the world. Yes. So I'm really inspired by her. And also in Sri Lanka, I'm uh, inspired, actually I, I, I am inspired by Lasanta Vikramatunga. Okay. The journalist yes. who was brutally murdered. The editor of Sunday Leader. Yes, the former editor of Sunday Leader, who was brutally murdered back in 2009, about which I'm not going to talk here. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but he inspired me because back in 2005, 6, 7, for, since around 2004, my dad used to read me the Sunday Leader every Sunday. That time I did not have internet, so I had to depend on my dad to read me the paper. Mm. So I was inspired by his journalism and how he exposed those who need to be exposed. So I am inspired by Lasanta um, and I hope not only in Sri Lanka but around the world for many more Lasanthas to come. Okay. For, uh, you know, people to speak truth to power. So speaking truth to power, you have you seem to have a very strong sense of justice, Ishan. So yes. that seems to be one of your strengths with all the from your achievements so far, from whatever you have told us about yourself. That seems to be one of your strengths. So what are the other strengths that you have? And also some things that other people might not know about you. What sort of weak points might do you think that you have? I have this strong sense of justice, maybe, probably, maybe reflected through my actions. Uh, <clears throat> also, I certainly won't boast about myself, but I'm a very good communicator. Of course. I can, That's a given. <laughs> I can communicate with people. And you speak a couple of languages also? Yes, I speak uh, English and I also speak Malay because that happens to be my mother tongue. Right. And I'm also a very fluent Sinhala speaker. Okay. Actually, I did my, uh, up until my O levels, I started in Sinhala media. Mm. So, you know. And uh, I was also the uh, leader of the blind school debating team. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, those were my, you know, the auditory skills, ability to communicate with people. Yes. So that's, that, those are a few strengths of mine. And also ability to uh, convince hmm. people. Uh, if I want to make a point, hmm. if I want to get a point through to someone, hmm. I am certainly willing and ready to walk the extra mile to get it across. That's maybe one strength that I have. And you asked me about weaknesses, mm -hmm. which I have never told in any public forum. Yes. And I'm thankful to you for actually asking that question. Mm -hmm. Maybe one weakness that I have is, I sometimes lack focus. Okay. I sometimes lack focus. I mm. do four or five things at the same time, mm. and I lose focus sometimes. Mm. I, maybe not now, but those days, especially when I was in campus, I used to be a master procrastinator. Okay. Yeah. So that I was think a that's major. A common thing. Yes. <laughs> so that was one major weak point, which almost cost me my campus degree. Wow. But okay. luckily, you know, everything 
worked worked out for the better mm-hmm. and um, also i think i'm quite a bit selfish <laughs> because um, let me admit you know i'm i'm a pampered child <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so you're the youngest you know, boy yes. yes so you know with all of that and something i don't know but maybe yeah, i need to improve on those so yeah thank you for being so vulnerable and honest with us isha no worries yes so again coming back to your life is there one memorable incident from your life that you will always remember that you even now when you think back you feel very proud of yourself or maybe something that really impacted you your new life so after a levels mm-hmm. a levels was in december 2008 mm-hmm. and then for 9 months mm-hmm. right basically not not exactly 9 months but like at least 5 4 5 months i had to go through the process of getting enrolled in a university okay right because i got the book published by the university university grants commission and i had to fill an application to say which university that i would like to get into okay so i only chose colombo i had to like you know mm. i was given the chance of choosing many universities like as much as i want so that they can select one hmm. i only chose colombo for the simple reason that I, that i wanted to do international relations hmm. and um, with my dad i had to go so many times to the university grants commission to ask them to enroll me into kalam university which was not easy because they instead of putting me to kalam university sent me a letter saying that i have been enrolled enrolled to university of sri jayawardenepur after which actually me and dad started to go to ugc basically every day hmm. and then finally as a result of not only me but my dad's persistence hmm. and also with help from other people i finally got the letter saying that i have been enrolled at kalam university so why kalam university was there something special about kalam university because i wanted to do international relations all oh, right okay yeah and it was at that point it was my dream to be a diplomat oh wow yes okay. so that was all that's also an interesting thing that which i must say hmm. when i was small i wanted to become a lawyer okay so probably that sense of justice maybe you were talking definitely, about definitely yeah. yeah and then also as i said just now wanted to be a diplomat hmm. and uh, now i am wondering whether I'm, i want to be a diplomat or a politician or both of them i don't know of course so and then with uh, your skills i'm sure that you succeed with any of those pursuits thank you of course so yeah those that that's what i have to say hmm. so that we learned a lot about your life and uh, from what you have spoken about yourself about your life journey you don't seem to have uh, what people would usually think of as typical blind people problems mm-hmm. to your own effort and to your own Uh, to the people around you the strong community around you you have mm-hmm. built a life for yourself that maybe people other people who are not blind they would not imagine that somebody who is disabled somebody who is blind could achieve this mm-hmm. level of success mm-hmm. but then is there a point is there a sector an area of your life where you did face maybe a little bit of uh, how do you say maybe where you weren't quite as confident may you maybe you were not as uh, outgoing about that particular aspect of yourself like for example personal relationship what do you feel about love then and you know at this stage of life what do you mm, feel mm, about it mm. now yeah so you know i always make this i always crack this joke with you i think yeah. and i think i 
have told some of my friends also if i were to organize a wedding and if i were to invite people mm. i'll have to invite them to golf face greens <laughs> only yeah. reason being uh, i have so many crushes okay that i have you know just uh, had uh, crushes on okay i'm going to drop the uh, your host hat a bit and going to ask was that a past tense or present tense it was certainly <laughs> past tense it was certainly <laughs> past tense so no, yeah. i had so many crushes to the point where you know i maybe now to think if i am to invite all those crushes mm. definitely i'll have to book golf face greens <laughs> that's of course in terms of love <laughs> so i have i have always had this fear of rejection if i may admit it fear of rejection because i am blind i was wondering whether anyone would accept me but uh, after all this time finally someone did and i'm happy about it <laughs> thank you so much ishaan Oh. Again, a lot of people are listening to us right now, especially young people. Especially now, in the light of the coronavirus, a lot of people are in quarantine. They're at home. So, what advice would you give to these people, these young listeners, and people from all walks of life who are listening to you right now? My only message to all of you is: you're always facing circumstances which you may take as a hindrance. Hmm. Say, for instance, even this coronavirus incident where. Hmm. we are all in panic we are yeah. all in panic mode so all these instances we think about as hindrances as obstacles but if you can take all these instances life instances not just as an obstacle or as a hindrance but as a challenge if you can think about them as a challenge and turn challenges into opportunity that's what life is all about during the coronavirus outbreak maybe try to do something good to other people definitely maybe create awareness about the importance of hygiene hmm. the importance of making importance of healthy living hmm. promote those things they take your good side out so instead of just blaming everyone for the coronavirus yeah. or even any any instance that you may come across in your life stop the blame game hmm. and start turning challenges into opportunities that can transform your life for the better and also always you must have this attitude that the sky is the limit because i am limited by, by my blindness but if i resigned if i just uh, made up my mind to resign to that limitation then i'll not be talking to you guys right now i chose to challenge my situation i chose to challenge my circumstance and i'm here so my message to all of you is to develop this attitude that the sky is the limit to end to conclude what i have to say i am reminded of a quote by this very famous uh, diplomat robert kennedy hmm. the brother of john kennedy he once said and i quote there are those who look at things the way they are and ask why i dream of things that never were and ask why not unquote right so the meaning of this quote is there are those who look at things the way they are and ask why people who are not curious yes people who are just asking why and that's all they mm. don't go any 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 further mm. whereas if you can dream of things that never were that no one really imagined and if you can ask the million dollar question why not that can make a huge difference having said that thank you ishan that was a very powerful message so time to wrap up our podcast upstream for this episode so first of all we'll just uh, recap what you um, have to say shavini just to just to uh, interrupt you i'm sorry yeah. uh, 
uh, I take this opportunity to uh, thank you for asking me all these hard-hitting questions <laughs> and also so definitely elearning.lk for hosting very generously hosting this podcast uh, which I'm sure will continue in a whole new way uh, all of you in the audience can accept, expect something different very soon in summary, so Ishan, you talked about your life journey, about all the milestones that you passed, about your your perspective towards life. You talked about how you dream big, and to, you ask people to define who they are instead of asking other people to define it for them. And then you said, "Be hungry, stay foolish." That's a very lovely quote, by the way. And also, most importantly, at this time of crisis, about turning challenges into opportunity with all these uh, points that we discussed thank you so much ishan for being a guest here on our show and thanks all of you who are listening and then thank you sanjay and the e-learning team for giving us this opportunity to host our podcast on this channel and we'll see you on another episode of upstream very soon thank you thank Jari. you so much thank you everyone Bye.